there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome back to another episode of T4C. If you're interested in breaking into digital advertising at a media company, then this is the episode for you. Because my next guest is the vice president and head of ad operations at Hulu, the U.S.-based subscription video-on-demand service. But before I introduce you to Adam Moser, I want to make sure you've signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's time for Coffee's weekly newsletter that comes out on Mondays to give you a sneak peek in to the episodes and the professions we're going to be featuring that week. Just head over to the Time for Coffee website at time, the number four, coffee.org, and the sign-up box is right there. Now, my Java lovers, please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated beverage because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest is Adam Moser, Vice President and Head of Ad Operations at Hulu, where he's responsible for overseeing that company's day-to-day advertising platform operations and strategic ad tech investments. Since joining Hulu, Adam has been instrumental in maintaining a best-in-class advertising experience across the video platform. Prior to joining Hulu, Adam was the vice president of digital sales operations at NBC Universal, where he oversaw the teams responsible for delivering ads across the company's broadcast and cable portfolios. And before that, Adam supported sales operations at CBS Interactive, where he managed video ad implementation across CBS Sports and Entertainment. He was also a part of the team that helped establish and implement ad serving at MTV Networks, Viacom's first entry into online full episode streaming. Adam, welcome to Time for Coffee. Are you caffeinated and ready to go? I am very caffeinated. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm I'm thrilled to be here and really happy to speak to your listeners and and help them understand the world of digital advertising. Awesome. Great. So you said you're very caffeinated. What is your beverage of choice? I am a huge fan of drinking through the capsules and pods. We have a huge stock in our house because uh, (laughs) with two young kids, there's always a need for some caffeine. Yes. So my weapon of choice is I have an ember mug that self-heats the coffee throughout the day, and and that keeps me going. Nice. Well, we should also let our listeners know that we're doing this interview in the middle of March, actually the third week of March, and the coronavirus is spreading like wildfire. And so rather than being in your headquarters in LA, you're in your garage at home in LA. I am. I am. It's been a interesting opportunity to set up and create a workspace. And the thing that I have found very quickly is that it's really, really important to create a schedule and a routine for myself, dial in and inform myself when I am, you know, quote unquote, on. And then even more important for my family and for my kids to make it very clear when I'm off uh, and focused on them. And it's important to be very, very strict with that schedule right now. I have no doubt. Yeah, it's not like you're able to hop in your car and drive home because you're one step away. So you need to make sure that you're unplugged at the end of the day. That's right. That's right. That unlimited access goes both ways. (laughs) Yes. 
I have no doubt, but it's probably a really good thing that you're in the digital world. Yeah, you know, it's funny seeing how lots of different companies and organizations are stepping up to meet this moment has been fascinating. You know, in my particular field, everything we do is digital inherently, and yet the success of any organization really rests on the people, the team, and the bonds you have between between those individuals. And so, as much as tactically the functions might be able perhaps at a a reduced efficiency, but might be able to be achieved remotely. You know, we're finding as a team, and I've heard from other colleagues around the industry, is it's so much more important to connect more and not less now Mm. using virtual tools because we don't have that immediate body language read or, you know, the the hallway chats and things like that. So it is definitely a, a fascinating time for the industry. Yeah. Well, maybe we can dig into more of that in the meantime for Coffee Interview. And our listeners should check out show notes to see if Adam's main time for Coffee Interview, in which we get into what he does as VP and head of ad operations at Hulu, has already been released. All right, Adam, let us dive into those 10 espresso shots. The first question being, what entry-level jobs are available to young people who want to break into digital advertising at a media company? Yeah, there's there's a couple different entry points into a field like this. What I've typically seen over the years are internship opportunities where um, folks that are in school or in undergrad really want to get a broader sense of how an advertising sales organization operates and the roles that are most commonly available right out of college in that, you know, quote unquote, entry level experience stage via coordinator level. And what those roles really are are set up to do is to give an individual who has the right focus and right interest skill sets, as well as the path that they wish to pursue an ability to join a part of the organization, learn from the ground up and really take advantage of the access to be able to learn pretty broadly how an advertising organization scales and establish itself. And from there, there's a ton of opportunities that can open to an individual from that position, whether they move more into marketing, whether they move more into operations. In the case of sort of digital operations, there's more technical roles that are available. There's more strategic and analytical roles. There's a whole bevy of skill sets that can feed into an advertising operations and and organization. Nice. Okay. And we should also let our listeners know that you did start out first as a design coordinator and then as a campaign coordinator. So that was your entryway. Yes. I had sort of a unique path. It's commonly joked about in this industry. Nobody goes to school for digital ad operations. You have marketing backgrounds and media backgrounds and sometimes some sales experience as well. But in terms of execution and implementation, these are skills that are really learned on the job because every company has their own specific ways of doing things. And so my particular path started actually in a complete different universe. I, I went to school for film and animation and worked at an animation studio as a, as a coordinator, again, that entry-level position there. But what I found as I look back on my career, there were a lot of skills in that early role uh, in terms of managing a production and understanding how all the cogs of a particular process need to come together to achieve a common goal that are extremely relatable to the field I'm in now. And part of the reason why when I made the complete turn into advertising, I still felt that I was scratching a niche that I had a passion for and took me on this trajectory that I've been on. Cool. So Adam, what is a useful hard and soft skill that you look for in the young people that you hire at Hulu? Probably the biggest skill that I don't think gets enough credit in 
perhaps any industry, let alone advertising, is empathy. When you think about an advertising objective, you're there to really help customers. You're, you're there to help solve their challenges and their business issues. And, and you want to help them achieve their KPIs, their key performance indicators. And while that could be very tactical in executing a specific function or particular sale or achieving a particular goal on their end, at the end of the day, it's really important to be empathetic to whatever that challenge is of theirs. And then, of course, that empathy is absolutely translatable to the internal operation. How do you achieve that in a way that's efficient, that can scale? Sometimes the responsibilities are very, very heavy in terms of some manual processes. And so even an empathy in terms of what the workload could be is is really critical. Mm, Terrific. What about a hard skill? So going back to what I was saying earlier, because there's so many different avenues in terms of skills that can permeate within an advertising organization, some of the ones that have been most successful are when we see folks come out of school with analytical skills. They really understand the functions of crunching numbers or understanding how you can do some. This usually gets trained within media companies, but media math, understanding what the cost per advertising unit is for that particular customer or that particular sales offering. And so having a really strong understanding of some mathematics, some analytics, and knowing that there's a great deal of numbers that will be presented in front of you that you might have to operate in pretty rapidly is also important. Okay, fair enough. You've already touched on this, but Is someone's major a deciding factor to get into your profession? Does it matter if they've studied advertising? You mentioned marketing. Are there particular majors perhaps that would be more useful to have? Yeah, you know, we see a lot of folks come in and have experience in media applications, in marketing, a minor in understanding the kind of basic aspects of advertising. But ultimately, if you're starting out, I mean, I can look at myself as a good example of that. The answer is more often no, because I think it's important that you have the the soft and hard skills that we were just talking about. You can get in and you understand kind of that basics. Again, your job in advertising is to help solve your customers' business challenges. And there are a number of parts of the organization that go to achieve that. You can get a master's in OTJ is what I have to refer to with my team. And that's the -the on-the-job training and really will propel you towards a pretty healthy and long career. Fantastic. Speaking of master's, (laughs) is it important to have a graduate degree, less so for those entry-level coordinator positions, more so for somebody who wants to get up into the C-suite of one of these companies? Yeah, I think it's a balance. Some executives will say they will only look at a pool of candidates who have a master's. And I've known other executives that I've met throughout my time and in my career that always stick by the message of prove yourself, become invaluable. And then when you're 5, 10, 15 years into your career, if you have that master's, there might be somebody in the company already who doesn't have that same degree, but is invaluable to the organization and also proving and has earned the right growth for themselves. So it sounds like it depends. Yeah, it really depends on the particular position and potentially the executive team around that position. Okay. What about life experiences, Adam? You mentioned interning at an animation studio. I'm not sure if there are any other outside the classroom experiences that you think would be most useful for our young listeners to try to cultivate, to try to experience if they want to start out in this field. You know, the thing that I always 
think back is that it doesn't matter what part of an advertising organization you may be part of. Everybody is always selling in some capacity. And I think actually it goes for our personal lives too. You know, you can think of a discussion with a significant other, a family member, with a friend. If you have a point of view you're trying to get across in one way or another, you're effectively selling yourself or your your approach. I look at that in terms of relatable experiences. How does somebody understand, again, how does somebody understand that their ability to help a customer achieve their goals? And and how does somebody understand that oftentimes that may require them to sell a particular point of view or perspective that is very important to their own particular part of the organization? So it sounds like if there were extracurricular activities that things like debate or even different clubs, any club that somebody would be interested in getting involved in that involve getting other team members to agree on a particular path would be a good training ground. Yeah, I mean, I would even go further than that, that someone who has experience as a waiter or waitress, again, those are opportunities where you are selling a customer. When I was in high school, I had a job with an ice cream distributor, and my role was to pick up the phone and cold call operators around the area, like gas stations or swimming pools, and see if they needed a restock on their ice creams for their coolers, you know, and didn't know it at the time. But those were skills that became valuable as I was growing in my career, knowing that oftentimes you have to think about how can you help persuade someone to achieve their goal while also trying to achieve your own. Fantastic. So Adam, what is the best part for you of being in this profession? So, you know, I'm a TV junkie. I used to, growing up, before I even understood the concept of a TV ad rating, I got trade magazines and I'd always flip to the last page and might be aging myself here, but I'd look <laughs> at the, you know, what the, the top 10 shows were performing. And I didn't understand why a Seinfeld or a Friends or something like that had the rating that they did. I didn't understand the mechanics and the math behind it yet, but I was always fascinated that there was of the business side of television. And so as I've kind of moved through the trajectory of my career, I've been very fortunate to be on that. That business side to see what is so important that these experiences and these stories can be produced, but there's also a very real monetary aspect to help ensure that they have the funding that they need. And of course, that's a very high level way to describe the relationship between advertising and television. But the other side of it is I've been doing this now since before you could watch TV online to now the position where I am at Hulu. So I've always felt that I've been on the crest of the changing wave of the TV landscape. And I remember back when Netflix was just a DVD entity where you'd receive your DVDs in the mail. And it felt like something, it felt like we were on the precipice of something changing. And, you know, looking now where we are with so many streaming opportunities for consumers to view, you realize how much has shifted. And, and as a fan of the business side of television, it's fascinating. It's, it's something that makes it very exciting and engaging with the type of work that I do. Absolutely. I was just going to say, what's the name of it? I'm having like a senior moment here of those places where we used to go to pick up the videos? Blockbuster something. Blockbuster. <laughs> yes. I was going to say, I don't know if you remember those days. Oh, I do. Had to I, get I in mean, the car to drive yeah. to rent something. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I remember going to the, you'd get to the store, the brick and mortar, and you'd see a wall of titles and you would just pray that the one copy that store might have had would be there and uh, (laughs) try to explain this to a five-year-old in the year 2020. The fact that you could go to a store and they wouldn't have something and you'd have to just go home and wait until the next time you'd go there and hopefully it would be there that just didn't compute for her. She didn't understand that concept. (laughs) 
That's right. We were there in the olden days. That's what you can tell. (laughs) (laughs) So the flip side, Adam, every job, no matter how much you may love the majority of it, has aspects, even outside a time like this with the coronavirus going on, that are challenging. So what is the part of your current job that sucks the most? most difficult part is parts of my organization are part of that younger entry-level type role that we were speaking about. And we hire really engaging, really, really hungry people that want to grow their careers and they want to grow it fast. And I respect that. And I love that. It's part of the reason why they're the right candidate for a company like Hulu, because we move so fast. We, we want that that engaging energy. Part of the challenge is helping them understand the reality of the business world, that sometimes the patience that you're suggesting to someone may not necessarily match with their own personal goals. And yet, you know, they want to succeed and they want to grow fast. But again, it's just that reality of can't necessarily enter a company and expect that a promotion's there waiting for you six, nine months down the line. It's really what is the business need that that person can fill? And going back to being invaluable, how do they make themselves invaluable so that when that opportunity opens, they're a shoe in Again, having those hard conversations with some of those people when they're in the very first stages of their careers is sometimes hard for someone who's, who's been there and, and seen opportunities opportunities that have been achieved and opportunities that haven't. Yeah. And I think to also appreciate and to help them appreciate that waiting another six months or a year is not an eternity. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, that's a, that's a, it's a blink. Adam, what is the best career advice you've ever gotten? Yeah. So I've been very fortunate to work for a number of fantastic people throughout my career, including the folks that I report to currently at Hulu. The one that sticks out to me and my team members that have heard this a number of times, so uh, if they're hearing this, they may, may roll their eyes. But the one that was said to me a number of years ago, it was from a woman, Amy Paris, back in my days at NBC. And she had a very clear approach. She once said to me, do your job well and good things will happen. It's that simple. And thinking back to the previous comment that I had just had, and that's what I say to those folks when they're in the early stages of their careers, it might feel like that opportunity is right there ahead of you and you didn't get it. And that's okay. It's okay to not get every opportunity, but continue to show why you're invaluable. And again, you know, if you do your job well, good things will happen. Mm, I love that. And I would also add to that, that sometimes when it seems like you missed out on a good opportunity or a great opportunity, it feels like nothing like that will happen again. I've experienced that. Another even better opportunity sometimes comes along. And it's hard to appreciate in the moment. And having that disappointment is certainly unpleasant. But I think to your point, Adam, if they keep their head down, if they keep working hard and putting out good energy and try to do the best job that they can, chances are an even better opportunity will come their way. That's right. That's right. And in my experience has been, by and large, most managers almost always have the best intentions for their team members at least one would hope. And so that if you're an individual receiving feedback about why you might have missed out on an opportunity, the feedback being shared with you is you're given the answers to the quiz for the next quiz you're going to take, right? Or those breadcrumbs are there. And I say those cliches for a reason, because again, and in my experience, both with me and and for me, that the opportunity has been there to, to understand, okay, I didn't get it because of X, Y, and Z that's being discussed with me. But now you just told me specifically what I need to focus on. So that we'll take that out of the equation the next time. A hundred percent. 
Okay, two final espresso shots. What movies, if any, or Amazon, Netflix, or Hulu shows, or for that matter, books, do you think accurately depict your profession, Adam? Yeah, the one that always sticks out, it might might seem like a kind of obvious is Mad Men. Maybe the irony is, you know, I'm sitting here talking about a position that exists in 2020 that's very digitally focused. And I'm referring to a show in an era of advertising that took place in the 60s. And yet there are so many things just in terms of a, of an advertising industry when you, when you look at how clients and customers present their business challenges and what an internal team goes through to try to solve those. Some of that is still very relatable. There are obviously a lot of things in that show that are not relatable we're also not really relevant in, in today's day because we've progressed in a lot of ways in much better and a much more forward path. But just in terms of how someone approaches a customer in the very broad aspect, I've always liked that show for that. Nice. And is it available on Hulu? Believe Mad Men is available on its own. It might be on Netflix, but I am not certain about that at the moment. Okay. You know, part of the... Uh, the interesting thing about streaming in this type of landscape is there are so many movement of distribution of content where companies are trying to take back and really own their own content. So even where it may have existed a year or two ago uh, might not be where it exists today. Yeah, actually, I just looked it up and it is on Netflix. Okay. There you go. Well, there you go. Final espresso shot. What would Java junkies be surprised to learn about your profession? So... The thing that I that I have discussions with with team members that I think is always surprising to people who sit a little bit further away from an advertising organization is because of where we sit on the operational arm of it, we see the ads come in the door and we're the ones who are implementing and executing them to get them live onto the service. So we see a lot of advertising. And, you know, going back to how it's a great entry level and, and ground stop to move to other parts of an advertising organization, you learn a lot about advertising, you learn what works, what doesn't work. And so I think that's something that people don't necessarily think of the fact that like, every ad might pass through your fingertips for a particular business that you're covering. And so you get a really good analytical eye about what's a successful advertising message and what's not a successful message. Yeah. And in fact, if they wanted to, and I think this is where you're going, they could take that insight and go to work for an ad agency if they wanted to, go to work for a particular company and help them on their advertising. There's so many different ways they can use that expertise. Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, it absolutely changes the way you watch television time. I mean, I have a whether I'm trying to or not, my eye in terms of the ad content itself is is working. So you're not scrolling or fast forwarding through the ads? No, definitely not. <laughs> and uh, going back to a five-year-old trying to understand the current landscape where she understands certain streaming services are ad-free and certain ones have advertising. She started to understand there's a point for why the show has been interrupted and why there's an ad. Of course, the shows she's watching are very kid-friendly, so she's getting a slice of advertising that's very much for someone of her age. But even watching advertising as a new parent has been a fascinating journey. Yeah, way too much sugar and toys that's being sold to these to these young ones. 
Adam, I want to thank you so much for making Time for Coffee today with me and the Time for Coffee community. As our listeners know, this is an ad-free zone. So one day maybe we will have some advertising on here. But at this point, it is all content. I want to thank you so much. And for our listeners who want to learn more about what Adam does in his job at Hulu as VP of Advertising Operations, check out show notes to see if Adam's main Time for Coffee interview has already dropped. Adam, thanks again. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.